This is the home of Phoenix Suns playoff basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, and the Arizona Sports app. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Suns have possession again. Back to Chris Paul. Paul driving right, driving left. Inside Craig, lay it up and in. And little game there with Paul Millsap. And Chris Paul, and Paul doing his thing, getting the assist. Yeah, Al McCoy on the call last night, one of 15 assists for Chris Paul. He certainly was doing his thing. 17 points, 15 assists, zero turnovers, a plus 26 in 30 minutes. Hit uh, both of his three-point attempts. Suns breeze to a victory, 123-98 to over the Denver Nuggets. And they uh, have maintained home court advantage by winning the first two games in Phoenix. Game three tomorrow night. In Denver, we'll see if the Nuggets uh, actually show up for for Game Three. Uh, what we do on mornings after games, we open up the phone line six zero two two six zero nine eight seven zero is the uh, phone number to hear your thoughts of what you've seen, what you expect to see the rest of the series, and we'll go straight out to the phones uh, in Tempe. We start out with George here on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Hey, George. Hey, you know, you just about ruined me when Jim Rome introduced the call-in segment on Tuesday. <laughs> I, half ex- I, I was tempted to, to dare you to call me Georgius. <laughs> Give the Romy. people what they want, so, Vinny. What is up? So, what is up? So, so Bick, I, you know, if I hadn't gotten kicked off of Twitter about seven weeks ago for, for suggesting that somebody slapped a Yankees hat off a of Kemba Walker's head after a, in a press conference after a Celtics game, I would have suggested yesterday – the juggernaut on Jefferson, oh, the word that you used yeah. yesterday in your in your in your article, I yeah. thought that was perfect. They are juggernot. Wow, this team good, is, uh, is is incredible. I mean, we were we had a triple double double yesterday. Three three guys with double doubles. We were four baskets away from ten guys with double figures, and we still have plenty to improve on. I mean, we missed like six or seven layups, but you know, I guess that's kind of nitpicking. But still, I still don't think we played our best games, and you know. The fact that this team plays defense, 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 that's what wins championships, and coaches can talk about that all the time. But if the players don't buy in, it doesn't work, and these players are buying in. They believe defense wins championships, and there's only one MVP who is in that building last night, and it ain't Nikola Jokic. <laughs> there, was quite a, there was quite a juxtaposition um, in that last night. Yeah, yeah, during uh during the uh, crosstalk segment we did with Doug and Wolf, Bick, I, I brought this up about you know one game on the NBA schedule last night, and it was Suns Nuggets, and how many how many writers that didn't vote for for Chris Paul in the mm-hmm. top five are looking at that going, Wait, he he was well, outside my top five. Yeah, it's yeah, it, I, again, I I think he's really making a mockery of them, not Nikola Jokic, them that the voting process that somehow what Chris Paul brings to a basketball team. This might be his finest performance yet, Vinny, across the board. I mean, he he's played like at this level for an incredibly long time. So there's nothing that new about this, mm-hmm. but he is he is uh, for, to play it this well at this age, you don't find that in point guards. No. Very the, very rare. And, yeah, and then there's the leadership of it all. It's it's kind of a, a shame what's happening here as far as the media goes. It's like the presence of Chris Paul took away from Monty Williams' Coach of the Year candidacy, and the presence of Devin Booker may have siphoned some MVP consideration from Chris Paul. You know, how about just give him some love, man? 
Because he doesn't average 25 a game. Yeah, I know. He doesn't average triple. He doesn't get triple doubles every game. You know those yeah. things. Those yeah. those are the important things. Yeah, right. Six zero two two six zero nine eight seven zero is the phone number. Kiernan and Gilbert. Oh, Kiernan is up next. What's up, Kiernan? Oh my goodness! Right, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? Right. Hey, I'm going to switch gears because this is serious to me, and I'm sure you guys can understand because I've never really called and made my my tone this serious, but I'm going to. I, this is the contagious energy, the, the electrifying feeling, the, the Arizona sports fan energy that it lacks so much for so many dang years. And, and look at the kids getting involved, parents and kids, more excuses to get out as a family, positivity all around. I don't care. Look at all the transplants from all over the nation, right? And I'm so sick of walking in a sporting event and seeing it 50-50 with merchandise. Now, I'm not telling these people to go buy it just because they live here. We don't want posers. But guess what? If they're your number two team, I respect that. Acknowledge it. Respect them. Respect the organization. Respect the moves that we're making. Other than the D-backs, I understand. But look at the progress just over the last 10 to 20 years mm-hmm. of, of, of the Cardinals, which I've tried and tried. I love them to death. I can't wait. We're changing. The Suns, finally, since the 90s, I haven't felt this. The city hasn't felt this. It is not just a basketball town. It is an Arizona sports town. You live here, respect it. And if you don't like it, Guess what? Right now is the time to sell. Make some money. Get out. Buy. I am just so overwhelmed. I love it. I was at game one of Lakers, and I called and told you guys, I wish I was there the last two games. Represent Arizona Sports Fan. What's the name of the station? Arizona Sports. That means everybody. Mercury. Maybe maybe even U of A. I don't, I don't know. It's All right. Here. Now you've gone too far, Kieran. <laughs> love you. Good job, Kiernan. Uh By the way, the, the, the opening. Love that guy. The opening wolf. That was his best wolf work yet. I it's listen, getting better. Listen, it, this is this basketball team is bringing out the best in everybody, Vinny. <laughs> the best in everybody. Before we continue on the phones, I said something to you off the air. Um, in the final month of the regular season, we were talking about the Suns and seeding and everything that was going on with the team. And I made the statement that I didn't see them as a championship threat, hoping for a long run. But I didn't. I I didn't feel like they had the, the requisite pieces to win the the championship. Yeah. I told you after game one, I started to feel that. And I'm not saying they will win a championship, but I am firmly in the camp of they can win a championship. If they yeah. put it together, they can. And that's really the first time I felt that. I, I, I so shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. If if they did get to a championship, okay, against Brooklyn, it would be the most unbelievable sort of feeling because this team would, for for everything that they would have accomplished to have gotten there, they would be serious underdogs against a team with that kind of firepower. Mm-hmm. And it would be... Homegrown, kind of mostly versus store bought. It would be lovable. It would be off the charts incredible. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to go there. <laughs> but I feel it too. I, I feel like they can do this. They re- this is this is going to happen. We are going to spend part of our summer in Brooklyn, yeah. New York. I think they've graduated from very good to special before our very eyes yeah. in the first eight postseason yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I I took a lot of grief from Suns fans about six weeks ago when I said they're not a great team because they weren't at the time. Yeah. Now they're getting there. Yeah, I agree. 602-260-9870. Tommy and Glendale's up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. What's going on, Tommy? Not much, guys. How are you doing today? Doing well. Uh, 
Man, uh, I'd, I'd like to share a quick story with you guys. That's, first of all, this has just been an incredible experience. So I'm 29 years old, been a Suns fan my whole life, thanks to my grandmother, who always talks about how she went to the very first Phoenix Suns game, has been to every Suns playoff game there's ever been. And uh, about four years ago, when we were in some dark times here in Phoenix, uh, she looked at me one day after a, probably a 30-point loss and just said, are we ever going to get back there? And I told her, I promise you, if we make the playoffs again, I'm going to take you to every game Aww. that there is. And, you know, it's a, what a blessing. I've been able to take her to every home uh, playoff game this year. That's great. And as an 87-year-old woman, this woman has more energy than most people my age there have. She's up. She's cheering. She's screaming at questionable calls. She's calling uh the opposing players some names you know all in fun and it's just been last night driving home from the game she just looked at me and she's just like this reminds me of the madhouse it's just so much fun thank you so much and it's just it's it's fun what this a great what story being, this this has just been what what the suns are about in my life you know it's for so many other people thank you guys for letting me share that love the show yeah, yeah thank you Tommy. That, man what a what a great story that is a 29 year old dude fulfilling that vow that's great yeah and yeah, uh that's... yeah i i i think you're gonna have a lot more a lot more games to take her to mm-hmm. <laughs> i really feel that mm-hmm. uh great story tommy thanks 602-260-9870 out to avondale don is up next here on bickley and Murata. hey don Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, listen, it, what an amazing win uh, and, and just amazing feel for, for Arizona sports, uh, just like the, the last uh, caller said. Um, I think this is, is huge for just our, our employees, I mean, our employees, our players that actually work for uh, play for the Suns now. Um, they're going to be able to, they're going to want to come back because, I mean, we do have the best fans in, in the whole state and the whole NBA, uh, as a matter of fact. And I think Monty Williams is going to be the coach for the Suns for the next 10 years. Um, but just because of the culture that, that he, he rejuvenated, you know. So um, I'm not worried about Chris Paul I'm not wanting to come back. I think he's going to come back. And every single win that we get closer to that finals, um, this is something that Chris Paul hasn't done in his whole career is get to the finals. And I think this is his best opportunity. And I think it's, I think it's great for just the, the state, but also – uh, for the franchise. So um, love the show, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, to his point, every every fan base, every organization in the NBA claims that their fans are the best in the league. Yeah. Uh, the Suns have been guilty of it for a long time, <laughs> just like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and when you're winning 19, 19 games a year and you're saying that, there's, there's a little bit of an eye roll. Yeah. I get it. But right now it's legit. Like, the way the team is playing has has sparked something dormant in this fan base, and it's it 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 doesn't feel like ninety two ninety three yet. I still have not seen anything that has approached that. But yeah. this is a for, from a Suns standpoint, this is as close as I've seen. Yeah, no, listen, it, this is um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. There's there's a feeling about this that's different, and it's probably because it came out of the drought, and it's probably because uh, our market has changed significantly. I, I yeah, I, I was here in '93. I've told that story many many times. I'll probably tell it again somewhere down the road. But it's I think it's kind of getting close. This mm-hmm. love affair is really insane. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's keep it going on the phones out to uh, Chandler. Joe is up next here on Bickley and Murata. Hey, uh, Bickley and Murata. Uh, I took my six-year-old son to his first uh, playoff game. And nice. Me and my me and my wife were discussing. Uh, you know, is my son going to benefit from this? And we didn't hesitate one one second to take my take him over there. Now he he was yelling with his squeaky voice and everything <laughs> about at the at the Nuggets bench and everything. You know. But one of my main things I wanted to call you guys and get your comments on is how, how is James Jones going to be able to sustain this for years to come for someone like my son and us to sustain it? You know, you always got to talk about great teams bringing free agents, playing on low money. Uh, who's out there that would want to come over here and play on the money way that's out there? And how's all our contracts looking for the Suns, too, you know, to keep this thing sustainable? That's yeah. one of my main – and I'll take your uh, – your answer off the air, though. Thank Appreciate you. it, Joe. Um, my answer is I don't have an answer, and I don't want to have an answer right well, now. Yeah, well, it's it it might be tricky, but I, yeah, today I don't want to get into that. With all due respect, it's a very fair question. It because is you 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 experience this, and you want to know there's going to be more chances at this. Yeah, there's going to be more of this down the road. I totally get that. We will spend a ton of time talking about that at some yeah. at, at a later date. I'll address part of it. You know, the elephant in the room, we've discussed it already. It's already come up about Chris Paul. He's got an opportunity to opt out of that last year at over $44 million next year. And there are reports that he wants a longer-term deal, maybe at less annually. Um, but I think the caller that brought that up earlier, can can you see Chris Paul leaving after everything that he's experienced here this year? No. No, I, I really can't. But at the same time, we, we don't know. We, we just... You just don't know. I think there's a lot of factors involved here that that have to get sorted out after this is all over. Yep. Uh, Mike and Chandler is up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Mike, you have the floor. This loss falls squarely on the shoulders of the Nuggets coach. When they came out of the gate, one for 13 in threes, he should have put a moratorium on three-point shots. You should have said the next guy that takes a three-pointer is going to be sitting next to me. I mean, they were one for 13 and still staying close. What do you think they would have been like if he would have insisted that they do not take any more three-point shots? I blame him for their loss. He didn't have the guts to stand up and give that team some direction. Uh, It's an interesting point. It did seem like... Um, you know that 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 stone rolling downhill gain, with every with every miss, yeah, and I, I brought it up earlier in the show. I think Michael Porter Jr. um was kind of the architect of that. Now to to counter what Mike just said, I don't think you're going to find coaches in the NBA that are going to put their foot down and say, "Don't shoot threes. It's a massive part of the game. Yeah, we went through it in the regular season with Monty Williams getting criticism. Where the Suns were shooting, you know, brick after brick from three point range, but that's asking, you know, the offense to stop doing what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the shots go in, sometimes the shots didn't go in. They didn't go in last night for Denver. The Suns capitalized. Yeah. That, that was kind of the end of the story. Yeah, um, I I think Michael Porter Jr. is sort of the case study of the young player who doesn't know what the playoffs are all about, who needs to experience. You know, we thought about that with some of the Suns' young players. Mm -hmm. I think that's an example of a young guy who gets to the postseason 
and doesn't quite know how to play winning basketball in the playoffs. He's all. I mean, I don't know. even when things are right, and I, and I give him credit for kind of toughing it out last yeah. night. And when he when he came out last night and he had that that pulsating brace on shooting, you could tell he wasn't right. Yeah, I guess. But he played twenty seven minutes, and he's a volatile player anyway. Yeah, he's going to have those games where he goes one for twelve. You know, he'll have a game I where know. he goes ten for twelve as yeah, well. Maybe. But, yeah, um, it, it, it was an early storyline, no doubt about it. Tom in Phoenix, as we continue on the phones at 602-260-9870. Tom, you're up next. Oh, man, you know, that Mike from Chandler sounds a lot like Richard from Scottsdale, but that's another story. Um, uh, remember, like, four or five, six weeks ago, you guys had a show uh, where you guys, it was after the Suns were just barely squeaking by some bad teams, you know, winning by, like, a point or winning by, uh, uh, you know, winning in overtime. And then you had Bloomer on, and Bloomer got all upset and angry. He just said, enjoy the moment. And now look at us. We're beating teams in the playoffs by 20, 25, 30 points. It's uh-huh. an amazing uh, turnaround, and the Suns just seem to be peaking uh, at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, I just I, – I, all I can say is I, I know uh, the, the – you know, I was I was here for the – uh, Bulls and uh, Charles Barkley, but I think if the Suns get to the finals and play the New Jersey Nets with Steve Nash and Dan Tony and those guys, it's going to be the most exciting finals for us Phoenix fans ever. Yeah, I agree with that. Good they stuff, play Tom. In Brooklyn, though, just so you know, homie. <laughs> I'm not the New Jersey Nets anymore. Um, yeah, listen, that's I, I do agree with that premise that they that they found something here that's very powerful and they're they're kind of peaking and it and it's kind of proof that if you survive a, a real adversity in the playoffs like an injury adversity that was facing this team, I mean they were trailing the Lakers two to one in the series and we felt like it was going in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago, and the the Suns weathered that storm and if Chris Paul is actually now okay or close to okay changes everything well we've got like a two game sample now (laughs) of chris paul looking like top form chris paul Mm -hmm. with no hint of of it you know outside of uh, you pointed it out i actually didn't notice it until you pointed it out and i went back and watched it the early grabbing of the shoulder in game one yeah quickly shook it off uh, I noticed that he uh, had some contact underneath the rim last night, and the way he fell, he fell in a way as to avoid contact, which mm-hmm. I think was smart to, to the right shoulder, kind yeah. of fell more on I the left that. shoulder. Noticed that, yeah. Um, but you know, we we have forty eight minutes of basketball or whatever he played in those two games to say yeah, he's right. And when Chris Paul is right, that was our biggest fear in the Lakers series. Yeah. Man, this is going to suck if the Lakers get by the Suns because Chris because Paul of this. wasn't yeah. wasn't able to go. Uh, and the twists and turns of that series were incredible. He looks right yeah. right now. And, and, and I think that maybe you remember that moment when he went down with that awful injury of Game 1 against the Lakers. Game had barely started when that had happened. And you, you remember the sickening silence that's mm-hmm. in that, that was in the building at that moment. I, I think that's part of why the, the crowd is so appreciative and rabid now. Because we looked at that awful, horrible thing in the face and thought, figures, Mm -hmm. just our luck. And it wasn't the end of this basketball team. No, it wasn't. Uh, 602-260-9870. Going out to Fresno, California to talk to uh, Rick here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. What's going on, Rick? Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy to be on the line here. Uh, uh, Phoenix Suns fans since 1993. Those glory days with with KJ and Barkley. Nice. 
of course, the rush that we felt during the Nash era. And now to be back after 11 years of absence, it just feels amazing. And um, I don't know, I was telling the, the person who took my call that, uh, that it's, uh, it's, we're playing with a vengeance. We don't, we don't say it. Vengeance that we got snubbed for MVP, vengeance that we got snubbed for Coach of the Year. But, you know, we got to use that fire to keep playing like we're playing and not uh, step on their throats and not let go. Yeah, uh, this looks, and I'm glad Rick brought that up, you know, that he's been a fan since 93. I know this came up on the postgame show with one caller last night as well. If you're a longtime fan of the Suns, yeah. um, you recognize that this is a pretty special bunch, but this is a different special bunch than any other team in, in Suns history. You look at the way they play defense. That was the fourth game last night in the postseason where they've held an opponent under 100 points. And you go to every other every other series that's been played, there's been games in the 140s. Mm-hmm. There's been 75-point games at halftime. Uh, the defense hasn't been consistent throughout the league. The Suns consistently have played good defense. They haven't given up more than 109 in a game in the playoffs. That's what makes this team different from those 93 Suns. That's what makes this team different from the uh, the seven seconds or less Suns or you know, e- even Suns, uh, you know, other playoff contenders in, in franchise history. Uh, they are hanging their hat on defense right now, yeah. and everything is working off that, and they're taking pride in being dominant on that end, which we've never really seen in Suns history. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's it's and it's indicative of a team that is not only connected, but a team that is really kind of attacking the opponent on both ends of the floor. Yeah, got time for a couple more calls before we uh, move on. Let's go to uh, Gilbert. Uh, Ellery is in Gilbert up next here on ninety-eight-seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Hey, guys. Love you. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to try real hard not to suck. Hey, uh, <laughs> Suns are playing out of their minds. It's amazing to watch. It's it's fun. It's exciting. Um, uh, what makes me a little nervous is we are still a young team. They're not playing like it, but they are. And I think this is where it's going to pay off to have Monty Williams. Like, we're up 2-0, national attention. You go on Twitter, everything's NBA playoff Suns. All it takes is, you know, a little confidence in Denver, they come back, have a strong game. It's a 2-1 series, another home game for them. So I think uh, the leadership of Monty Williams is really going to show here, kind of like it did with game one against Denver. He got the team ready to go right after the, the high of beating the Lakers. So uh, lucky to have him in the Valley. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks, Ellery. Appreciate it. Uh, David and Chandler's been hanging on. He will have the last word during this segment here on Bickley and Murata. What's going on, David? Hey, guys, thank you for having me. And, and just like the last call, I'll do my best to where you don't pull the uh, Michael Malone treatment on me and tell me how bad I am. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually born and raised in New York. Uh, my grandfather and uncle used to take me to the Nets game. So uh, I'm actually a diehard Nets fan, and I have to always preface it by saying I'm a Nets fan before they moved to Brooklyn just so no one calls me a bandwagon. Anyway, uh, I've lived out here for 15 years, and I, I hate to admit this, and I'm, I'll root for the Nets until I die, but I find myself trying to take work off to watch these Suns games more than even the Nets, and I think it's because the Nets are, are assumed to be great, and obviously when you put a team together like that, there's a little less excitement to it. Uh, but whereas this Suns team, it's, I don't know. I just, I'm finding myself rooting for them almost harder than I am for the Nets, and again, I'm saying this on, on the radio, which uh, I'm not going to give my last name out to one of my <laughs> family back east, you know, put the bounty on my head. But 
I'm so fired up about the Suns where I'll go to the bar to hang out with some friends to watch it. Last night I went to my buddy's house. We had a few people over to watch it. Like I'm, I'm all in until they play the Nets, and then even then I'm so nervous that I'm gonna like I'm gonna find myself secretly cheering for the Suns. Uh, which again, you didn't hear that from me. And if anyone asks, I'm Tom. I'm not David from Chandler. And uh, and so yeah, I appreciate you taking my call. But, yes. Uh, go Suns until they play the uh, the Nets. Possibly. I yeah. don't know. David, I hope you have the opportunity to be conflicted in that final series. I I, yeah. I, I, I just sincerely do. Brooklyn's Thank- lovely in July, Vinny. Oh, that's from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, weather's fabulous. Yes. Yeah, the energy is off the chain. It is. Oh, uh, can't did, wait. I, did I tell you about my nephew that's lived in Brooklyn for about eight years? And the last time I saw him, he's like, wait, there's an NBA team in Brooklyn? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks to all the uh, phone callers. Coming up next, one of the key ingredients of this 2-0 start for the Suns has been balance. It's been scary. I haven't seen balance like this since Daniel LaRusso studying under Miyagi and Reseda, babe. We'll get into the Suns' balance next. Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the home of Phoenix Suns playoff basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. You remember this one about the balance? Yeah. Lesson not just karate only. Lesson for whole life. Whole life have a balance. Everything be better. Oh, is is that not prophetic from Mr. Miyagi? When you got balance, everything is better. Yeah. And what the Suns have had through two games of this series against the uh, Denver Nuggets, Bick, is... A whole lot of balance. Um, not any player. I, they have four players who have taken between 23 and 26 shots. Uh, they have three players who are averaging 19 or more points per game. Four who are averaging 17 and a half points per game. Mm-hmm. We did not see this level of balance in the Lakers series. No. It was a different series with a different feel to it, obviously. Uh, the Lakers are a superior defensive basketball team to the Denver Nuggets, but this feels a lot more like Suns basketball, what we uh, were, what was advertised during the 72-game regular season, and they look to be just uh, enjoying every minute of it. To have everybody involved and everybody contributing, it's been a pleasure to watch in these first two games. Yeah, and again, I, I think the most notable stat when it comes to that is the, um, the field goal attempts. You've had a couple of successive games now where the starting five has scored in double figures in each game. Mm-hmm. And nobody in the starting five has shot the ball over 14 times in either of those games. That is staggering unselfishness. That is ball mo- movement at its absolute best, if you ask me. Yes. Uh, again, the field goal attempts. Booker, 26. Bridges and Paul, 24. Aiton, 23. Crowder, 18. Torrey Craig, 15. Cameron Payne, 13. Mm. Uh, and I think with the balance, a lot of it has to do with the chemistry of this team, yeah. which again is being talked about nationally as a real strength. We knew it. Others are noticing. Jay Crowder of the Suns talked about the uh, team chemistry last night. Uh, I feel like we're communicating with each other. We, we're, we're 10x communication where we're bringing it right to each other. 
we're trying to get the job done collectively. And I think that that plays a part in us being able to just play free on the, on both ends of the court because we're communicating with one another and we're trying to have the, we got the same goal. We're trying to get the best shot on offense and defensively we're trying to help each other. Uh, when a man goes get beat, we're trying to rotate and, and have all five guys on the string. So um, it's everything we're doing collectively. Um, it's not one guy uh, doing anything special. We're just trying to do it together. And I think that makes us much more tougher. And I think, um, that's what you're seeing right now. You're just seeing a, 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 a five, guy, five guys on the court just collectively uh, doing whatever it takes to get the job done on both ends of the court, and, and it's working out for us right now. Yeah, Chris Paul kind of touched on some of the same themes when a, a different question was asked about whether or not the, the, the playmaking comes easy to him. I think we know the answer to yeah. that. It, it does, but here was his answer. It's a natural chemistry. That's a, it's a good question. Sometimes you do feel when a guy gets hot or when Book got it going, you know, you may call a, call a penny in for him. But I'm telling you, man, really haven't been on a team quite like this where everybody, like, shoots it the way that they do. You know, so you don't have to try to find a certain guy. You know, if this guy helps in and I see Kale over there or Cam Johnson, Cam, whoever it is, everybody um, are knockdown shooters. So – you just literally making reads. And again, we I don't think we've seen the Suns shoot the ball as well as they, they can shoot it either, which is a, another scary yeah, proposition. Well, yeah, no, I know, but 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 I think also during the regular season they had stretches. They were they were like Jay Crowder. They were they had games when mm-hmm. they were not shooting well and games when they were uh, red hot from the perimeter. So I I think that's I, I think what we've seen is pretty indicative of of who they are as a team. What but what I think is is different about this is that now that. Well, all these young role players um, have had these great moments in the postseason and all this affirmation from the crowd. It's just emboldening and strengthening everybody. And it's creating a, a vibe that even the the players are just talking about openly. I, I, you think about some teams that have had this in the past. I think back to like the, the 04 Pistons. You remember how they just they were so connected that the Lakers, Kobe and Shaq couldn't deal with them? Yeah, they had... So much depth and balance in terms of important, and they were they reviewed star players. And I, they, they Wallace, ma- Richard Hamilton, Sheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, Lindsey Hunter, <laughs> Darvin Ham, Tayshawn Prince, Tayshawn Prince. How do we forget Tayshawn Prince? I oh, forgot about him. Um, and I forget the number of all stars. They didn't have a superstar, but they were a very connected. Basketball team. Corliss Williamson. <laughs> yeah, I know. They were extremely connected. And this team. Darko Milicic. And this team, yeah. No. You know, <laughs> this team, this team here, the Suns team, it, it's, you know, it's, this is why, it, this is why it's resonating with people. It's not just because we haven't seen a Suns playoff team in 11 years. It's this team. It's these players. It's these personalities. Um, when we did that little exercise of ranking your fi- five favorite Suns players, we both acknowledged, yeah, this just changes game by game. Oh, yeah. Who are they from last night? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's Chris it's, Paul won. Well, Chris Paul, if you're going to rank the, the best performers last night, you would probably go Chris Paul won, Dario two. His stock is rising. I don't know if I'd have I mean, him that high. Just for that game. No, I, oh, I was, oh, just for that just game? Just for that game. Uh, in terms of impact? Yeah. Chris Paul won. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. it's. I mean, Book was fabulous at a couple times at junctures in that game. And, and here's the other thing too about Devin Booker. The thing that I love about this, it, it speaks to this camaraderie that he's got this platform now to prove how great he is 
and he's letting the winning be more important. Yeah. Easier said than done. Because even through all the accolades and individual accomplishments, he always said, yeah, I'd I'd much rather be winning. He is a guy who is living up to what he said for the previous five years. Mm -hmm. Capable of taking over games like that, but also very capable of playing within the system uh, and contributing and letting others do their jobs as well. And it, that formula has worked fantastically yeah. in the first first two games. Yeah. Listen, if there's anyone who looks like they're, they're stuffing empty calories right now, it's Nikola Jokic in terms of impact. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who look at the fact that when Aiton came back into that basketball game, and I know we're going to get into this, but the, the, the Nuggets didn't even attempt to try to get him in deeper foul trouble. Now, the Suns did things defensively to prevent that that sure. were very shrewd. They were. But you're right. That could have been a Not that a lot, could have been yeah. a pendulum kind yeah, of point, and, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to talk Suns, Nuggets, NBA playoffs. Tim Bontemps from ESPN will join us straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata live from the Auction Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the home of Phoenix Suns playoff basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, and the Arizona Sports app. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks Kilt Lifter. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Yeah, Suns up 2-0 over Denver in the Western Semis as that series now uh, shifts to Denver for games 3 and 4 on Friday and Sunday. Here to talk Suns Nuggets NBA playoffs with us. From ESPN, Tim Bontemps, our guest on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Tim, thanks for the time. How are you? Doing well, fellas. How are you? Doing, uh, doing great. Having a lot of fun talking about this Suns team. Obviously, I can imagine uh, it, it, it's been really impressive, especially last night. I mean, when, when when you take in totality the first two games of this series, what's your biggest takeaway from the Suns standpoint? I mean, so far the Suns are taking care of business, right? I mean, coming into the series, I felt confident about their chances of advancing. Uh, given the fact that they're playing a Denver Nuggets team that's without Jamal Murray, that's with a, you know, even though he's back, a compromise, Will Barton still, uh, without P.J. Dozier, um, you know, that's three of their top four guards, not in their rotation. You would like to think that a Suns team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton would be able to take advantage of that. And so far, you know, like you guys said, Suns have, Suns have played great, should be plenty to be excited about, and we'll see uh, if they can continue to take care of business as a series shifts back to Denver. All right. All right, Tim, you were at the epicenter of the uh, of an MVP debate that I'm still struggling with, and, and it's it's not that Nikola Jokic doesn't deserve to be MVP. It's the fact that Chris Paul didn't even crack the top five on 49 ballots, and and to see the scope of what he's done here, it's really kind of hard to kind of hard to digest that. What do you think of that whole process? I know Ramona Shelburne came on and said that 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 back and forth that you had with Brian Windhorst kind of got people afraid to not vote for Nikola Jokic now that these votes and the voters are public. What are your thoughts on that whole process in retrospect? I mean, no, I, I mean, I've talked about this with Ramona otherwise. I don't think my discussion with Brian had anything to do with how the votes went. In fact, before... The, the reason the reason that podcast came about was we did it about the straw poll, which I do, which is an anonymous poll of uh-huh. uh, roughly a hundred people who vote. You know, at least it at least conforms to what the demographics of the vote looks like, with a couple people from each market, some international voters, et cetera. And I think the final vote for the MVP race had 91 of 101 votes for Nikola Jokic, and that anonymous poll had 90. Wow. So I, I don't I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think. Look, 
Chris Paul had a phenomenal season, right? But if you look at Chris's numbers compared to the other guys that were in the race for that award, they're not even comparable, right? I mean, he averaged like, what, 17 and 8 a game? And I know this isn't an award that's all about numbers. It's not. But, you know, for as, for as excellent as Chris was this season, you can't compare his season to Nikola Jokic's season or Joel Embiid's season or Steph Curry's season, right? Like, statistically, he just doesn't get into the same ballpark, which is why, you know, I think he finished fifth overall in the voting like that the fact that he finished where he did um with the season he had statistically i think is a testament to the impact chris had on that team in phoenix but you know i I thought long and hard about where i'd put him on my ballot i honestly can't remember if i had him uh fourth or fifth on it or not i I had i didn't have him in my top four i can't honestly remember right now you're probably gonna laugh at me but i can't remember who i had fifth i thought about voting chris fifth and i may have voted him fifth um, but ultimately, I just don't think his resume stands up with those other guys. And, and look, Nikola Jokic had arguably the, the greatest offensive season or statistical season by a big man in the history of the league. And he had this Denver Nuggets team that had Michael Porter in and out of the lineup with COVID, uh, lost Jamal Murray to an ACL, um, mm-hmm. you know, had injuries throughout the season, third in the West. So, you know, I, I think when you look at, the way he played throughout the year, the fact that he played every single game, I, I, I think his case is pretty unassailable, and there's a reason why he, you know, ended up having so many votes. I think if LeBron had been healthy and Joel Embiid had been healthy, I think it would have been a way more competitive race. That also includes James Harden, frankly, right? Yeah. Like when James Harden got hurt, people thought he might win. So I, I don't think it's any knock on Chris that he finished fifth. I just think it's a it's a crazy deep field. And, and, and I'm sorry to ramble, but the other guy I didn't even talk about all this is Giannis Tetacumpo, who basically had – the same season he had the last two years when he won the MVP, Yeah, right? And he finished fourth. So I don't think it's any slight on Chris at all to finish fifth. I think it's a testament to how well he played and just, frankly, how deep a field it was across the board this year. Tim Bontemps from ESPN, our guest here on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Back to the Suns-Nuggets series. After game one, Michael Malone said he felt like his players gave a soft effort. Uh, that was refuted by a couple guys on the team. It was agreed with by a couple guys on the team, too. Last mm-hmm. night he went scorched earth and just said they, they, they quit. Is that the sign of a desperate coach or, or a master motivator in, in, in your mind, Tim? I mean, that's, that's just sort of – I mean, Mike, that's just sort of Mike's move in general. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read much into any of this. I mean, Denver knows where they're at, right? They know they don't have Jamal Murray. They, they know that Will Barton hadn't played in two months. They know that, uh, that P.J. Dozier isn't playing. Like, they're up against a really good team. So – yeah, I don't think anybody on the team is going to be too worked up either way about anything Mike says. And, you know, I, if they're going to come out in game three and play really hard, regardless of how he approached uh, his postgame presser, right? I mean, their season's on the line. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be a little surprised if Denver doesn't win game three just because they're, you know, they're back at home, their backs are against the wall. They're, they are a good team. Phoenix probably won't shoot great in game three just because typically you see a swing in both directions when you go back to the other team's place. They tend to shoot a little better. The road team will probably shoot a little worse. Um, but even though I think Denver will probably get back in the series, just like I think Milwaukee will get back in their series tonight with Brooklyn, like I said before, I think if you're a Suns fan, I think you should feel really good about what your team's at. And I'd be pretty surprised if they don't wrap this up in five or six games and move on to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you your opinion on the other series. What what out of game one did, can you extrapolate? Do you think that thing is going to be like uh, just a slugfest back and forth? What do you, you think is going to happen in the other Western semi? 
I think Utah's going to win the series. Uh, depending on how Mike Conley is, I think they need to get him back at some point. Um, but, look, I thought first half of game one, I thought Utah looked like a team that hadn't played in a while going up against a team that was, you know, fresh off of playing in a, a really hard-fought series and was ready to go. And I thought in the second half, Utah looked like the number one seed in the West and the team that had the best season in the league this season, right? They're, they're really good. And obviously they're going to be better if they have Mike Conley there, but even if they don't, I mean, they've still got Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles and uh, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson. Like that, that's a, that's a really good team, right? So, um, you know, I think Utah, I thought Utah would win the series before it started. I, I certainly feel the same way after they won game one. And, you know, we've seen the Clippers time and again struggle late in games to get into offense and have a flow down the stretch. It's a lot of standing around, holding the ball, and shooting. And while Kawhi Leonard is probably as good as that at anybody in the league, it, their offense just really bogs down if he's not taking the ball and shooting it every single time. I think you saw that in that final possession of game one when the Jazz did a phenomenal job rotating and forcing Marcus Morris into a contested jumper that Rudy was able to block. And, you know, uh, like I said, I, I, f- I feel good about that series from Utah right now. And if Mike comes back, I, I think, I, you know, I really like them to win that series and set up what I think could be a fantastic conference final, assuming they both advance between the Jazz and the Suns. Yeah, Tim Bontemps from ESPN, our guest. Uh, before we let you go, you mentioned you think Milwaukee gets back into their series with, with Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's the better team, but that there's still a lot of intrigue there. That other Eastern uh, series, though, Tim, how do you how do you gauge Atlanta's chances? I, I've been really impressed with what they've done. I, I think Trey Young has grown immensely in the in this postseason. Yep. Uh, what yep. kind of chance do you give them to knock off Philly? I don't give them much of one, frankly. I mean, uh, that obviously is assuming Joel Embiid stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he has further issues with this meniscus tear in his knee and he can't play, then obviously that changes the paradigm completely. But assuming Joel is on the court and able to play, um, I just think that the Sixers are better. Right. I mean, they're so much bigger and stronger than than uh, Atlanta is, um, you know, particularly with Trey Young having to go up against Ben Simmons and Matisse Seibel and Danny Green all the time. That, that's hard over seven games. Right. And this 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 Hawks team generally is made up of guys who haven't been in the playoffs before. The Sixers have had their failures in the playoffs, but all those guys have played a lot of playoff games. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, Danny Green's won a few titles now, uh, but Joel Embiid has been in the playoffs a lot. Ben Simmons has been in the playoffs a lot. Tobias Harris has been in the playoffs a lot. Um, you know, they're battle-tested, and they have home-court advantage, which I think they'll get back by winning one of these games in Atlanta. And, you know, I think over the course of seven, I feel pretty good about Philly's chances. But you're right. Trey Young coming into these playoffs, I think, had more questions to answer than just about any player. You know, people around the league were really curious to see how he would hold up in his first playoff experience. Would some of the foul-drawing stuff that he does during the regular season translate? Would he be able to generate offense in the same way? He's been phenomenal. I mean, I think in the eyes of people around the league, I think he's taken a, a step or two up uh, in the hierarchy. And, you know, sort of like what's going on in Phoenix, you know, I think the Suns have a better chance to advance farther. But if I'm a Suns fan, or if I'm a Hawks fan, I mean, I'm feeling great oh, yeah. about my team going forward. Yeah. And I think the, the one cool thing as a, as a pure basketball fan, for myself talking, is you look around here, we've got a Utah team with Donovan Mitchell that's in the second round could go farther. You've got, you know, Memphis was just fun in the first round with John Morant. You've got the Suns, obviously, with a young, exciting team with guys like Booker and Bridges and Eaton who are going to be good for a long time. Atlanta's going to be good for a long time. You know, Philly's got some young guys. Like, you look around here, there's a lot of new blood um, and and new faces in the playoffs. And as a basketball fan, I think it's very exciting. And I think there's going to be a lot of fun series in the years to come with a lot of these guys 
you know, coming back time again, time and again in the playoffs. Yep. No doubt about Tim, that. Thanks so much for the uh, time and the insight. I always appreciate you coming on the show. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having thanks. me. Thank Good luck you. for the rest of the series. Thank you. Tim Bontemps, ESPN. He covers the NBA. He joined us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Coulter Nissan west of the hassle. Visit ColterNissan.com. Halfway through on this Thursday, Bick's got your Woo-hoo! blast next. It's Bickley and Murata, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.